Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What appeared on a security camera in a Florida backyard in the 1970s? How can you tell an angel from an alien? Do the answers lie in the human brain's need to make things make sense? Well, hello there, and welcome to the 563rd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Paul, and Ben is not with us this evening because he is uh, out straight at Emerson College in Boston preparing for his final week as a senior there, and we're all, we all have our fingers crossed, and we ask you to do the same. Anyway, uh, those are the questions we're asking this evening uh, when we welcome an unusual guest with an unusual mystery, or is it? We welcome your phone calls on any paranormal subject, of course. It's 401-766-1240 locally. From anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, 800-449-1240. We also will monitor emails as best we can at paul at behindtheparanormal.com this evening. Gregory Herald is a retired mechanical engineer, having received his degree from the Detroit Institute of Technology in 1968. In 1969, he relocated his family from Michigan to Palm Springs, Florida, where he worked as a design engineer for Pratt & Whitney Aircraft until retiring in 1993. Based on the events we will talk about this evening, Greg wrote The Alien Connection from Dog Ear Publishing in 2009. He is working on another book to focus on identifying the images on film and how they might be related to information from historical sources. He is also the author of the novel Reality of the Soul and the DVD entitled Herald's Mystery, the subject of our discussion this evening. His website, www.gregoryherald.com. And as we discuss these images this evening, not easy to do on the radio, uh, you can see them, however, on the Talking Points page for this show at BehindTheParanormal.com. From the home page, look to the left, and there are links uh, including show talking points and then 2014 shows. You can do this. Gregory Harold, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Oh, hi, Paul. Oh, it was uh, great to have you with you. us. Con, I, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to go ahead and share some of this information with people out there. I think it's important to know. Yeah, it's, it certainly is very unusual and very interesting. Yeah, I've been looking at, I learned, I always joke, I learned photography at your expense in the U.S. Coast Guard, and uh, I've never seen anything quite like these some of these images on on this uh, this dvd you were kind enough to send us so let's begin with our questions uh these are some questions from ben uh in your dvd greg uh which is known as harold's mystery and we anybody who happens to be seeing the feed here all right uh over the internet can uh, can see this i'm holding it up right now if not use your imagination well uh, uh Okay, well, I just wanted to, to, to just ask, uh, you started to notice damage to your Florida property in 1974. Can you talk about that? Yeah, that's, uh, we had moved uh, from Michigan to uh, Palm Springs, and um, we were there about two, three years and bought a new home and moved into that. And uh, there was, must have been some kind of friction going on with somebody in the neighborhood, probably over children or something. But anyway, uh, it was very weird that uh, things would start to happen, um, like damage to our property, um, shrubs would get poisoned, I'd put water on them and they'd fizzle like acid. Um, we had uh, our screen cut around the pool a few times, so I had the uh, tires on my car cut. This wasn't all in one day or week, it, it lasted, you know, every, it might happen once a month and then it, it'd go two more weeks and something else would happen. 
And uh, I, I can never see anybody doing it. It was always during the night. I suspected somebody in the neighborhood because of the children problem, but I didn't really didn't know at that time. Okay. And uh, so I couldn't stay up all night and then go to work the next day. So I talked to my wife, and we decided, well, okay, we're going to, I'll see if I can look around and find some kind of camera to take pictures. So the only thing I had at that time was uh, their surveillance camera used to be, um, they used a Kodak Super 8 analyst. It would use um, rolls of film, movie film, but it would take pictures at any increments that you would want to set it to. For example, I, I happened to set it at four-second intervals that would take a picture. I did that because that was about enough time to catch somebody coming in and going out because the police, we reported these things, and they said they couldn't do anything about it. They didn't, you know, had some evidence. So we set up the camera, and uh, I didn't know anything about photography at all, zero. So we started taking pictures, and I had to send them away to get developed because at that time black and white film weren't being developed in the drugstores anymore. And uh, when I got it back, couple weeks later there was nothing the whole yard was black no light no nothing so I kept it I put another light in and I changed the kind of film and finally I uh, the second month that was in uh, November um, we got this roll of film back and uh, it had four images on it one of them was the uh, the image that's shown on the cover of the book the alien connection mm -hmm. and there were three other ones now, what happened was, take being second, four seconds apart, um, I couldn't run these in a, a regular projector because they're not designed to run slow. And to look at each frame, you have to look at it slow. So I had to do it by hand on a hand projector. But what it is is four images in a row apparently look like they're coming down a beam. Uh, they get to the bottom of the beam, they pop out, and another one comes down. It pops out and went through four of these. The kicker here is that the appearance of each one of those was different, but it had the same basic characteristics. They all had a little orb or a bright white light down where the bottom of the, the uh, suit would be. These things, by the way, I learned were suits. I thought they might have been kids or something at first, but they're suits. And uh, this little orb always shows up there, and then the thing materializes into a, whatever it does. And these were four. And I show that on some of the uh, YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. In case uh, your people want to take a peek at them, they're um, uh, G-R-E-G-G-H-71 on YouTube. Okay. There's 50-some uh, video clips on there of different, all kinds of different things. And um, what I wanted to stress here, if you don't mind, um, it's going to be hard to accept these things because in most cases you have one or two sightings of a picture or something. These things, there's a, a whole series of different kind of stuff. And, um, and it's just kind of crazy to think why that happened on film. I have no idea. But this thing went on for six, six years. Maybe you didn't get pictures every month. Maybe it was every second month. Mm -hmm. or so, and uh, it it's, uh, goes anywhere from these what looks to be spacesuits to the alien beings that are in these suits. Um, 
There's things on there that look like surveillance probes. Um, there's things on there that look like UFOs. So there's a whole bunch of different things, and you would think that, you know, it probably makes it more unbelievable than ever. Yeah, I have you know. to tell you, Greg, um, I, I did send a copy of uh, of your DVD, which, which, as I say, thank you again for sending several copies of it, to mm -hmm. uh, Mark D'Antonio, who is uh, a good friend of ours. He's, he's, matter of fact, he's co-hosting the show with Ben next week, and he's uh, the Mutual UFO Network's National Director of Photo and Video Analysis, and he's one of the most brilliant, logical, uh, fair people I've ever met. And uh, I uh, unfortunately did not hear back from him in time for the show. But but that being said, I have to tell you, th this um, some of these these shots, which are on again the uh, talking points page for this show at behindtheparanormal.com, are, are absolutely remarkable. I've never seen anything quite like this one. That does it really does look like it's in a suit, uh, a small figure, you know. Uh -huh. And and then also on we took the liberty of putting on the page a um, sort of. Um, I guess a descending figure looks like it has almost with almost fish-like with eyes and uh, and also a, a long figure looks like it has a face on it and then you know there, there as you say there are many fascinating images that uh, that came from this um, but before we continue with that there was a substance on your motor vehicles now do you could you talk a little bit about that and, and how it was tested. You said there was a police I, laboratory? Yeah, I think we got kind of a double story going here because the situation around the house was like, uh, I think the individual involved with damaging things, he was he knew the police, and uh, they never wanted to do anything with it. We took it into him and uh, finally got him to send it to the sheriff's department lab because Palm Springs didn't have it. They go to the county. And uh, they finally came back with it and said it wasn't any substance that they could identify. Okay, but you don't associate that with any of these images or what was behind the... the no, I images. think you just had two things going on at the same time. And, uh, okay, yeah, that happened. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay, so it, with the security camera situation, you had one camera, not, not more than one, right? No, there were actually, uh, there was one security camera in Florida. Okay, That's right. The one right. I had. Okay. And I take these pictures. In 1980, I quit, but in 1980, I, I figured, well... You know, maybe I can make some money on these because no one's ever seen this stuff before and nobody really knows what it is. So I'll just go. I put an ad in the National Enquirer uh, asking if anybody had any pictures like this or saw anything like this. Uh, they could return it to me, and I'd go ahead and send them a copy of my stuff, whatever I had. Mm -hmm. And I got, uh, surprising enough, a couple weeks later, I got this letter back from a uh, gentleman in Chicago. And he said he had just bought a Polaroid SR-71 camera, the one that developed themselves. And uh, okay. he said he was in his front yard. Um, I didn't talk to him in person. I, this was on uh, in the mail. But um, he said he was taking pictures of the full moon with his new camera in the front yard of his home. And what he got back was this odd-looking things with look like making little spacesuits, but I didn't, at that time, I didn't, I wasn't looking at the little pictures on there. I was looking at the larger pictures. Those were the alien type, uh, I call them super, supernatural being types with the, uh, the head, the two eyes, short body, the short appendages where the hands would go like, and stuff like that. But on the, uh, on the PS, if I'd 
see anything like that, and it didn't register with me at the time because they were tiny. I was mm -hmm. looking at the stuff. It wasn't until uh, four or five years later that uh, now, four or five years ago, I decided to go ahead and document the stuff because it's been in the box all these years. Mm -hmm. But I was able to put it on a computer, and when I blew it up, the little space shoot type guys that are on that Polaroid film in Chicago are exactly the same as the ones I took in 1974, the one on the cover of the Alien Connection. Interesting. Let me yeah, ask you... Let me ask you this, though, Greg. Uh, what steps did you take to make sure there wasn't some flaw in the camera, in the lens, the, the effects of passing car lights, things of this kind? I'm, I'm obliged to ask that because it's a logical question. Yeah, it is. I, uh, at the time, my wife uh, knew one of the local reporters for it used to be the Lake Worth Herald newspaper. I'm not sure it's open anymore. But uh, she came over one night, and I gave her, um, I gave her some of the film and the pictures, and she said she took it to Kodak, and they said they checked it all over, and they said there was nothing wrong with the film. Mm -hmm. That's that's as far as I went to it. She also showed them to um, pictures to one of the astronauts, and I can't say it was either Gordon Cooper, but I can't say for sure which one it was. What was it? Ed Mitchell. He's uh, I known to us, and he lives in Florida. Yeah, he lives in Florida. There's a lot of I, yeah. I don't think it was him. Okay, but. but uh, his comment to her was that uh, these things didn't look uh, solid. Okay. All right. That, that's uh, uh, One thing you mentioned that uh, might deserve some qualification, you mentioned the National Enquirer. Um, I, I, most people will look at you strangely if you mention that paper. However, I have to say that they have had their moments uh, during that. There's a case we often talk about on the show that involves poltergeists, and there, we have a lot of questions about whether these are just you know, in, in context are considered ghostly as opposed to alien, and they, but they really felt alien to me. But in any case, this is a, a very famous case. The book's just been written about it. Uh -huh. And the only paper to get it right, of all the papers all, all over the world that covered this case, the National Enquirer had the best story. They didn't mess it up. Their reporter was one of the most professional, and you could have uh -huh. knocked me over with a feather. So, I mean, if anybody thinks the National Enquirer is useless, it's not always the case, certainly. Well, so, the reason I did it at that time, you got to remember, I didn't know anything about UFOs or ghosts or any of that stuff. I didn't even give it a thought. Mm -hmm. The only thing I know is H.G. Uh, Wells and War of the Worlds. And one incident up in Detroit in 1950s or 60s where they had a, some kind of a flying saucer said they landed in a field and left burn marks on the ground. That's the only thing I ever knew about. Other than that, I never even thought about it. Mm -hmm. But the reason I went to the National Enquirer was... I was mailing these things out for to see if anybody would have uh, experience or have photographs or want one of these, you know. And they got it; they had a big circulation. That's the only reason I went there. Okay, sure. Well, one problem with using photography, and I have since the same period, since the '70s, since I've been doing this. Uh, one problem with using that as paranormal evidence is that the brain will take images it doesn't understand and make them into something it can understand. That's the V2 mechanism in the visual cortex. And sure. when it comes to our own images or your own images, what say you about that? Uh, there's too many that have common things in there. Too many, like spacesuits. Mm -hmm. yeah, that, yeah, you're right. That, that's hard to uh, to get around, I think. Yeah, there's too many that have the same basic things on them. They may look different in some ways, but so do people. If they're if you're taking a front view of a, a picture of a person, 
taking a side view of the picture of the person. That's going to look different, but his basic features are going to be there. Mm -hmm. There's several that go along with these spacesuits. Um, one of them is the, uh, the little orb that always pops up on the screen before the image does. That's one of them. And they always seem to have what they, it looks like some kind of a rod in their right hand. Yes. I in fact, I used to almost call it dive suits because that's what divers had for a lifeline. Mm -hmm. You know, and, um, I'm trying, and they all have the helmet configuration. And this happened, it happened one, two, three, four, five, six, seven or eight times over four or five years where they, uh, they showed up like that. And they might have looked a little bit different, but those basic features were still there. Okay. One of the points, Greg, that we often make on the show is that we, we as a group, as, as people, modern people, tend to look at the paranormal from our own very limited framework of knowledge. Uh, yeah. and, when I, when I, and I include this in the paranormal because it's unexplained, okay? Uh, yeah. Ghosts must be spirits of the dead. Aliens must be people from other planets, etc. These are things we assume because we don't know any other way to explain it. Uh, we feel that the labels we put on phenomena often depend, we being Ben and myself, uh, the labels often depend on the context in which we experience the phenomenon. Um, in other words, well, in your case, what appear to be beings descending from the sky, and it certainly doesn't look like that in this, this video, uh, descending in beams are most likely aliens, especially if they appear to be in some sort of pressure suits. My question is, what do you mean by aliens, and why do you believe these are them? Yeah, aliens are funny. We're, it, what are you going to call these things? You know, I finally decided I'm not going to call them aliens anymore. Okay. Because I don't think they're coming from anywhere else. I'm going to call them supernatural beings because I think they're here and they've been here all along. Um, I get that idea when I go through these pictures and look at them. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, my problem, I'm still trying to figure out for sure whether they're made of matter, whether they're solid. I, they behave like they're made out of uh, um, matter. But they, they don't look solid, and uh, I have pictures where some of these things that, that not the suit ones, but the ones that are the probes that are coming down, and I'm looking at them. Mm -hmm. I didn't see them there. I didn't see any of this stuff. But those things seem to rotate when they come down. If you're looking at the Earth, they would be rotating clockwise, mm -hmm. and they would be toward the ground, mm -hmm. and they would appear to go in the ground. So that's kind of got, got me kind of. Saying okay, there's an energy form, but they're not they're not dumb. I mean, they're smart because the things they design, like the probes that come down. And I was my daughter and there were out in the yard. We just went out there one night to see if we could get pictures, mm -hmm. and we didn't see them. But when they come down, they're um, they have definition. They have like uh, something I could design on the on the computer, uh, mechanical features, and they have shapes. So I'm kind of stuck with are they actually energy that have shapes? It kind of doesn't compute, you know. You think energy is a thing, you know. Yeah. Well, everything really is energy. I mean, quantum mechanics certainly has is, is proven that matter is just another form of energy. Right. You know, so everything is really energy, and there are all sorts of different forms. And, and if we're dealing with interdimensional stuff, which we'll talk about in a while... Maybe that is some way to uh, to explain that. Uh, let, let me let me offer this as a um, 
as a as an as an illustration perhaps of what why you see certain things and why you don't. Okay. Uh, most people are familiar with computers. I know you are certainly. And if you use a, an imaging software such as Photoshop, and you go to open a file, and the files are, are maybe JPEGs, as they're called, or uh, TIFF files, things of this kind, various types of files. When you go to the directory to open a file, usually you only see one kind of file. All the others are there, but you don't see them. If you go down and switch to, say, just look at TIFFs, they'll be, they'll be there in your, in your plain sight, but you won't see the JPEGs. I mean, in a way, maybe something like that. Uh, you're not in the right mode or, or you're not in the right file or directory, so to speak, in order to see uh, what, whatever this is that, that your camera sees. You know, maybe your camera is in that right mode. So, so that, that's sort of a, perhaps a simplistic illustration that, uh, that we use. Yeah, that can happen. You know, that can happen a lot with uh, if you're looking for facial images and you, there's a lot of pixels. Mm-hmm. You know, it can uh, give you a false impression of what you're looking at sometimes. Exactly. That's what Mark D'Antonio says because he, he we send him photos and he looks at them by the pixel. Uh huh. You know. Um, well, another interesting comment, Greg, uh, in your DVD, and I'll give you a chance to talk about that after the break. Uh, is that uh, these images seem to appear more readily on traditional photographic film than in digital media. I've kind of found the same thing in some cases. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I'll tell you what I think about it. I don't know if I'm an expert on it, but uh, I'm assuming this is some kind of some other kind of energy that's uh, exposing the film because I made a point mm. of being out in the yard when the camera was running. My daughter and I went out there and... Uh, we decided that it was about 8 o'clock at night. It was dark. And she didn't know what I was doing. She was only like five, six years old or something. But we went out there, and I just wanted to go out there and have the camera running and just look around, walk around, all this stuff. And we did that for about 10, 15 minutes. Didn't see anything, didn't hear anything. Anyway, to make a long story short, we mailed the film in to um, – that's, that's sort of kind of ironic. There's two places that did it. There's a, I won't go into it right now, but there's – a little question mark there anyway uh when we got the film back uh we were in the picture looked like we were looking right at this thing when it came down and rotated and went into ground and didn't see a thing yeah i saw that picture in your dvd yeah yeah that's one of them then there's another one that's uh um same deal we were on the yard doing the same thing and we're looking Camera caught us on the left, on the right-hand side of the picture. Down the middle of the picture, it was split, and on the left-hand side of the picture, it looked like some kind of an old building or uh, uh, I really don't know what it was, but it wasn't the house that was behind our house. <laughs> That's all I can say. And that image changed with time; it faded in and faded out. That's very interesting. Yeah. Before we oh, pers- I got more. okay, there's a lot, there's a lot more. Oh, okay. Uh, but just let me ask you this. When you were in the yard and the camera was recording these, whatever they are, did, mm-hmm. you, did you feel anything odd? Did, did, did your oh. hair stand up in the back of your neck? Did you feel creepy? Did, did you feel like an electrical tingle on your skin, anything like that? Nothing. Really? Okay. Nothing. And another time I walked out of the screen enclosure, same place, walked back toward the back fence about 35 feet away. There was one spotlight on, and when I walked it, I walked all the way to the back. The camera couldn't see me. 
But right above me was this two-foot diameter orb. And, uh, that you could see with the naked eye? No. Oh, okay. No, and then I, I came back and nothing was there. And then we got the film back two weeks later, and here's this orb up above me when I was out in the yard. Okay. Interesting. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, indeed. Well, we're going to take our bottom-of-the-hour break here, folks. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. And our very remarkable guest, Gregory Harrell, will be right back, so stick with us. Hi, this is Don Brunell inviting you to join me for ON Midday, weekdays from noon to 2, right here on ON 1240 Radio. We've got Gold Cuts guests in our daily super quiz, the Midday Show, right here on ON, local radio at its best. And before we get back to our fascinating guest, I wanted to tell you about several of the charities Ben and I have adopted here on the show. And uh, they certainly uh, have quite a bit to do with our veterans. And you can find out all about them at BehindTheParanormal.com, our show website, uh, or at our main Eno website, NewEnglandGhosts.com. And these include Youth Mentoring Connection. That's not a veterans charity, but they're doing great work out in Los Angeles for disadvantaged youth and at-risk youth uh, using ancient wisdom. And there's nothing occult or weird about it. They're just using good old common sense from way back to help bring these these, uh, young people together and to uh, get them going in life. And it's a tremendous job that Tony LeRae and his staff are doing out there. YouthMentoring.org. And you also want to check out Builders Helping Heroes, that, that's a veterans charity here uh, in northern, in, in, actually in Rhode Island, southeastern New England, run by the Rhode Island Builders Association, and they do uh, construction and remodeling for the families of people who have, lo- who have been lost in the war on terror since uh, 2001, and uh, they do a lot of great stuff, and uh, I've, I've been witness to some of that. It's really terrific. Uh, also, uh, Canadian Veterans Advocacy for our friends to the north, and usacares.org, all doing great things, so please check those out. Okay, let's get back to our uh, our guest. We're talking to Gregory Harold, uh, the author of several books, including and a DVD, Harold's Mystery, which is the title of our show this evening, and some really remarkable photographs. And I, I've I've seen weird photographs uh, for many many years in this field and outside of it, and I'm struck by uh, some of these that that uh, he recorded on a security camera in the 1970s at his Florida home, and I'm also struck by uh, uh, Greg, your, your your feet on the ground, matter of fact attitude, and I respect that. Uh, now, there's a comment you made in your DVD that I'd like to get into now, that these could be, quote, interdimensional entities. Can you expand on that? Yeah, I, the, the reason I say that is because uh, <clears throat> uh, when we were out in the yard, like I said, my daughter was there with me, and uh, the background where the house behind our house was supposed to be, the uh, the picture that appeared was... On the right side of where we were, it was all dark black, which it was supposed to be. It was nighttime. picture on the left looked like it was a big house, an old house, and uh, it would fade in and fade out, but it wouldn't cross over onto the halfway line. It was just, it was all on the, the left side of it, uh, and the, the one on the right side was the way it's supposed to be. So the, I guess what's got me confused is the fading in and out. Mm-hmm. There was another, um, if I can go on, uh, because it's relating to what you're asking. Certainly, me. go ahead. There there was a giant 
um, bright oval, more oval than round, what you would call a UFO. It was about five or six feet in diameter. Came down into the yard about 30, 25, 20 feet from the camera, and it was huge. And uh, when it went away, when it faded out and went away, it left um, what was there would look like a five or six foot sphere. Only it looked solid, and it appeared to have two vertical rings around the circumference. Now that picture of that sphere was there for about 40 frames, and it would go into view and out of view, into view and out of view. It did that about a half a dozen times. I think I put that on the DVD, if I remember correctly. Yes, that's correct. Uh, that's if, if that's what it appears to be, and you don't know with orbs and things like this, uh, it could be what would be called a UFO. Ted Phillips from Missouri has a, is probably the world's greatest collector of evidence of UFO landings, physical trace evidence. And uh -huh. he says that the, uh, the nature of the UFO uh, structure has changed since the 1940s and 50s when people would, would tend to see nuts and bolts craft with legs and this kind of thing. And now people are seeing more orbs and, and lights such as you described, you know, since the 60s onward. Now, again, and he's investigating several areas like this, such as Marley Woods in Missouri, and um, he won't even tell us exactly where that is. However, th this is, this is uh, consistent. What you say is consistent with many of the things that we've heard from experts such as, such as him. Now, on the other hand, things fading in and out, particularly buildings, are reminiscent of what we find in what we refer to as cases having to do with uh, the, the multiverse. And, and alternate worlds, alternate universes are really not the same thing as alternate dimensions, other dimensions, um, within some of these worlds, physicists speculate who believe this, that you've got different dimensions, you know, within each of these worlds, not the same thing. However, the point being that they do seem to intersect at different times and places, and that, we feel, is responsible for many paranormal events, or things that we think are ghosts, or this sort of thing. And it sounds as though you might have a case of that, and you often will see alternate scenes behind the, 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 the event or the object uh, taking place. Uh, an example would be we had a fellow uh, who wrote in here from Connecticut to the show, and he said, you know, he's driving by a house that had been um, red for 20 years. You know, he used to drive wow. to work that way. All of a sudden, he went by, and it was blue. And he knew, knew the fellow who owned the house, and he said, well, when did you paint your house? I said, what do you mean? It's been blue for the last 15 years. That's that sort of thing. People, a fellow in Ontario woke up and wrote to us that he, all of a sudden there was a house across from his, ba his backyard in the next lot that had been woods the day before. And everybody said, what are you talking about? So, you know, of course, these people could always be bonkers. But, I mean, you can't assume that everyone who writes to the show is. I hope not, at least. So the, these sorts of things are reminiscent of, of uh, some of the things you're describing here. I mean, wh what, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I didn't see any of that. Yeah, but it's not on the camera. Yeah, it's just on the camera. Yeah. You know, it, no, we are, as opposed to them seeing with their naked eye. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I didn't have anything to do with that. What you see on, them, on the pictures is uh, I didn't use Photoshop and any of that stuff. Um, uh, I might have made some of the pictures a little brighter or mm -hmm. dimmer. Yeah, but uh, I didn't alter the pictures in any way. They're, they are what they are. Yeah, that, that's important uh, because you know today people are so credible 
or gullible. You could put Godzilla in a picture, and somebody would believe it. That, that's that's the problem yeah. with a lot with relying on photography at all. Sometimes with this. Now, well, Greg, you know, another, hmm? another thing that's uh, important is these are Super 8 films, and uh, you you can't fake Super 8 films. That's right. You can take you can take put them on a computer and fake them, but you yeah. can't do the original film. You know, they're just tiny. That's why I miss film in a way. We used to, in fact, in the seventies, I did exactly what you did. I'd go to Kodak and have them look, look at when they were what we used to call extras in films, the things that shouldn't be there, and they could tell from the negative, which they don't have negatives anymore, whether something was a reflection or or just uh, an anomaly of some kind that was explainable, and and that sort of thing. So I kind of miss that, and I, I see what you're saying. Um, you mentioned, Greg, that the nature of the images on the film changed after 1978 what's the story with that yeah in the beginning i was getting uh well the spacesuit type things came first then uh i didn't realize it at the time but in the second week i had this uh image coming down that was looked like the the lizard type guy with the the head and the big eyes and uh had like a short body and two two short what would be appendages or arms and then the two long tails that turned out to be what the alien entities or supernatural beings look like. It's funny. Can I, can I stop you there? Because we, we got just such a video. As a matter of fact, if people want to see it, they can go to the uh, Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben, you know, Facebook page. And okay. there's a video uh, on that. And you might want to look at it, Greg. And it's not exactly the same, but you, you can see something like that coming down out of this tree. And we took the photo with an in infrared uh, camera um, at night in Connecticut in, in 2010, and uh, the little boy in the house was. We were investigating this whole area because people were seeing all kinds of strange things. The little boy said that his invisible friend, by the name of Ashwar, was in this tree. So I just okay. pointed the camera up, and that's what I got. So maybe you'd have a comment on that if you want to take a look at that at some point. I'll definitely take a look at it, and yeah. I'll get back with let you know what I think. Sure, that'd be great. Um, now, assuming the footage is what it appears to be, uh, yeah. is there any indication of why these things were coming down into your yard and what they did once they got there? You said they were going out of the ground at some point. Well, the one probe thing looked like it rotated into the ground. Now, the other thing is, the only thing that was going on there that I can think of was um, the problems going on with the, the neighbor guy. I don't know what that would have anything to do with it, but it was kind of destructive stuff, and it's crazy. Mm. Uh, I don't even want to try to connect that. I don't even know, you know. The only other thing I found, which wasn't 100%, was the camera, the Kodak analyst camera, had a red light on it. Um, so when you got down to within a half an hour of the film running out, the red light would come on. And I noticed after a while that I would get more pictures more often when the red light was on than when it wasn't on. But I did get pictures when it wasn't on. That's so that's why, that's why I decided that, well, we've been doing this for three years now. I'm going to go outside, let the camera run, with a, let it run down to the red light, and see if I get any pictures. That's when I got the pictures of my daughter and I in the yard with look, that looked like a probe came down. It wasn't a spacesuit or it wasn't an alien or a being. It was a looked like a probe, and that's very clear. Um, that's the only only reason I can think of. I mm. don't know. But like I said, with 
I was getting pictures without the red light on, but it would be more frequent with the red light. I can't think of anything to correlate that. Me either. Yeah. Huh. Well, mark it down for something to look at later, I guess. Yeah. Um, did anyone, are you still live on that, at that same house? Oh, no, no, no. I moved out of there in 1980. Can't say I blame you. Um, you, asked, you asked me what changed with the films. Well, yeah. I got the spacesuit images in 1974. I had, uh, they came in 77. I think I had another one in 78. The one in 78 was almost identical to the one in 74. Okay. Uh, now, when it started to get into 1979, I started to get all this lightning stuff on there. It wasn't lightning. It was, I know Florida has a lot of lightning storms and all that stuff, but it wasn't lightning. It was right in front of the camera, maybe three feet away. And in, in the center of some of this lightning stuff was one of these alien beings that looked pretty much like the same thing that was taken in Chicago um, with the shapes. And uh, um, I compared them side by side and on somewhere, I'm not sure, in one of the books or something. But it's, it's, I swear it's the same thing. Now, that, I find that very interesting as well, and I did note that, because uh, I've seen those with the naked eye, not often, but in cases that, that I interpreted as, as what we refer to as parasite cases. You know, folklore calls them demons or evil spirits and bothering people in their houses and feeding off people. And, all. and I, th I think those are real-life forms. I don't think their theology is the same, and I don't think that they can, you know, they, when you get down to the truth of what they are, that they're life forms. Uh, but that is, and, and, and that struck me in those photos. That's precisely what I've seen with the naked eye, you know, very occasionally, and uh -huh. have uh, also captured on, on film from time to time. So, so that is an interesting uh, parallel there. Greg, we're burning up this hour something quickly here. So, so I want to give you a chance right now to tell people about your DVD, your website, your books, and where people can find out more and where they can get your stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, the books are available through uh, Amazon.com. Oh, the one I'm, the first one was the Alien Connection by Gregory Harold. I added Gregory Harold because there's another book out there called Alien Connection. Right. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I have that one. <laughs> the DVD was an offshoot of the Alien Connection because the Alien Connection is very detailed. Mm -hmm. The book itself tells a lot of detailed things about the images, and uh, it's more detailed than the personal story also. But it doesn't show any movement, so I thought it would be a good idea to consolidate most of this stuff in the order it happened, put it in a DVD, and include a lot of the film clips off the original film. That's what that does. Mm -hmm. um, okay. The next book was The uh, Reality of the Soul. I call it a science fiction book because I can't call it a true story, and I can't call it all fiction. It's a combination of both. What it, I, I figured readers might be more interested in that. Uh, on the other hand, they might not think the rest of it is real. I didn't want to do that either. So what I did, I, I uh, made up a murder mystery um, around the circumstances that happened in that time period. I included some of these space um, suit guys or beings in the story. So it's basically uh, it's a murder mystery with a background of uh, interfacing with the paranormal. In okay. other words, it's a theoretical answer to how humanity interfaces with the afterlife. Pretty All right. Much. Okay. Now, Interesting. Yeah, now I'm looking into uh, 
going a little farther with the DVD, I'm, I'm researching things in the Bible language or the scriptures that relate to the images on some of the pictures. And surprising, there's uh, there's quite a few of things that do. Now that's just subjective, and it, you know, maybe nothing. But there is a con- there looks like there's a connection there. Mm-hmm. Kind of looking into okay, what's really going on here? You know. Uh, yeah, there are over 300 references in the Bible that I've counted to objects flying, hovering, sometimes at great speeds. <laughs> it's really, it is yeah, interesting. It, yeah, that's amazing. Mm. Uh, did anyone, this is just a, a, a sort of a question uh, that might not have occurred to most people. Did anyone ever happen to do a geotechnical survey of your property at the time? Uh, what kind of soils, water table? Because we find that this sometimes is relevant to. Well, they didn't do that, but what the, the reporter did was she went through the background of what was on the property before, and it was some kind of cattle farm. Yeah, yeah, it was common for Florida. A lot of people don't realize uh, Florida is a cattle state. Yeah, and this um, was the um, this was the first house, second house built on the block. There wasn't any others there. Okay, it's brand new. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but I'm curious, what sort of problems were you having with your neighbors? If if you don't mind me asking, and I'll tell you why I ask if you if you choose to answer. I'm guessing. Okay. Uh, what, what happened was I can only think of one event. Uh, one day, is uh, <clears throat> the guy's son came over and uh, caught up on the uh, swing set. And there were little kids swinging back and forth. And he started kicking at the kids with his boots. So I just went out there and I said, well, I think maybe you need to go home for a little while, you know. Yeah. And that's the last I heard. Then they weren't talking anymore. All right. The next thing I knew, I was getting all these things going on with the house. And always at night. You know, um, that's, that's, that's basically it. Yeah. We, we went to the police <laughs> and stuff like that, and they couldn't do anything because they couldn't. They didn't have any evidence. They didn't see anybody. So. Yeah, a common story. The reason I ask is because any sort of negativity, you get the wrong kind of sparks, it, it can, under the right circumstances, when there are other ducks lined up, ring the dinner bell for things that are negative. You know, So that's the reason that's I ask. That's what I was kind of getting to before. Okay. You want to say you some know, more I, about that? It almost seems like a connection there, but I don't know how you ever get to the bottom of it. Yeah, well, sometimes you don't like what you find at the bottom. Um well, I'm going to jump ahead to something because I want to make sure I have a chance to ask it. Um, what, did you ever have any other sorts of what you might call paranormal events in inside the house at the time or around the area that you heard of? Were there UFO sightings? Or at any time in your life, have you ever had contact with what might be called paranormal events, You know, aside from everything we've been discussing tonight? No. Really? No. Okay. All right. So it's probably more the land than it is you. The uh, area down there was, uh, they had a one big story back in the 50s about uh, Scoutmaster who was going along military trail. That's one of the main roads down there at the time. It's a couple of miles from where I lived. And they uh, they saw some kind of glow in the woods. He went in there, I guess, with his machete and took a chop at the thing or something. It burned him up pretty bad. Really? And the Army mm-hmm. hauled him off, and he kind of disappeared. Really? It was in, I hadn't heard that. National story, huh? All over the country. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and people had seen like UFO type things above the water there in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. I know two people that said they did. Okay. Uh, but as far as me, no, I didn't. None of that. Okay. And as far as anything in the house, not that I knew of. The kids told me some wild stories. 
just recently. They never said they told me before, but it's just uh, could be dreams, could be anything, you know. Could be, yeah, interesting. Yeah. All right, because we find these things never happen in isolation. But in any case, uh, paranormal investigators all over the world, Greg, you know, show photos, and including me, show photos and recordings they believe are, are proof, quote-unquote, that the phenomena are real. Mainstream science never buys it. And in your video, I was struck by, by your statement that, that, quote, this is positive proof that we are not alone, unquote. Now, meaning no disrespect, isn't that a little bit naive? No. Okay. Would you care to expand? No, I get looked at these things long enough, and I know what's going on. Yeah. Right. I know how it works. I know what they look like. I know how they get here. I just don't know why they get here. Okay. Or where they're from? Well, you say or they're probably from here. <laughs> they're from here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think they're from here. Had you heard of the hypnosis session with Jim Penniston, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham Forest UFO case of 1980? You know, U.S. Air Force security people, high-ranking officers all saw this stuff. We ourselves were there, not in 1980, but in 2012, and weird stuff was still going on. And uh, in the hypnosis session, Jim, who, who touched one of the landed craft, said they were not aliens, they were us. And he believes they were time travelers, this sort of thing. So, I mean, you're not the only one to believe that. And uh, there is evidence that you might be uh, very well be right. Um, okay, um, now, let, let me just throw one of our own interpretations at you, Greg, here. Um, now, the, these multiversal intersect points, as we call them, with otherwise unrelated phenomena being perceived in our world, albeit in your case by a camera, uh, may be operating through the same process. I'm intrigued by the smoky or foggy substance in many of the images that you, that you have, mm -hmm. uh, and that's something we often find, and in our opinion indicates the plasma-charged brains, as B-R-A-N-E-S, or membranes, as physicists would say, uh, between parallel worlds. Um, had, I suspect plasma is involved somehow. Precisely, yes, which is nothing more than electrified air molecules, really. And we run into that time and time again, and I think that's how stuff gets on film very often. Can I uh, say something real quick? That I think By all important. means. Uh, in these pictures where these uh, spacesuit guys are coming down the beams, uh, or these alien entities, or whatever you want to call them, are in the picture, it always looks cloudy and it always looks dull. Mm -hmm. But I have, on some of the pictures, I, uh, the cloudy part is around where they are. Now, when they come out of that, it's clear. So these things have something to do that the, uh, it looks like a weather pattern, but it's not. It has something to do with an energy field or something around these things. And another thing that was important, I thought, is if the, I can't figure out if these are um, why they need spacesuits. Um, in other words, you don't, you never see them out. For a very short length of time, are they outside of the suit or outside of the beam? Hmm. They seem to be always in them. And if they do come outside, then there's the, uh, uh, you can see the foggy lines and stuff. So it's some kind of energy field. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that, that seems pretty uh, pretty clear, yeah. Well, yeah. if I might speculate about why suits are be required, I mean, I, you know, even if someone is from, and there's, there are interactions apparently between these parallel realities all the time it's not like they're separated from each other um there were well you remember when when the fellows came back from the moon for the first it was the first two or first three apollo flights they were kept in isolation just on the off chance there might be some microbe or something that would be to which we would have no immunity 
And, oh, sure. um, you know, when the Europeans first came to America, there's, there, there are stories where they're wiping out whole villages of natives because the natives didn't have any immunity to the European diseases. Now, I often wonder why the Europeans weren't wiped out, too, because they didn't have any immunity to the Indian disease. Well, I don't know. That's something that's never been explained. But um, so the uh, existence of a suit of some kind, if this were some sort of alien being, however you define that, might be to protect the being from what to it would be alien microbes to which it had no immunity. That's another thing. that one too. I thought maybe it's a bug like in War of the Worlds, you know. Yeah, well, that's that's a real danger. Uh, one of the problems too uh, is, is not problems, but in the technology of trans, transporting people in unusual ways. Sometimes uh, it's been theorized that you would have to wear a suit in order to be transported from one place to another in that's, a manner. As I recently came up that that conclusion, it might be a suit. Yeah, they need yeah. To transport in. Sure. So uh, what does the future hold for this? Where are you going to go from here with this? I'm going to connect it up to uh, the biblical stuff. Okay, yeah, as you said, yeah. And see if I can uh, get an answer or why we're here. Okay. And I I got some good ideas. People may not agree with it very much, but I'm trying to make it make sense. Right now you go up to the point where they say, okay, have faith. Don't. If somebody walked up to me and said, you got to trust me, have faith, I think I'd run. <laughs> yes. You know, but but, <laughs> but no, I, it, it's like you get to a certain point, you know, in, in the scriptures or something, it says, well, we're to this point, you just have faith and trust me. And I kind of go the science way in a way. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm against, uh, I think there's God and all that stuff. I just don't think it's explained right in, in the right context. I think a story could be told the same way, but with a different viewpoint. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. And as a matter of fact, if you read Genesis in Hebrew, it, it can say a lot, well, say, say what it says in a very, very different manner, depending on how you read it, because ancient Hebrew is a problem, because it doesn't have any vowels. Yeah. Uh, same thing, and I might suggest you might want to take a look at some other content- documents that are contemporary, particularly with Genesis, and that is the Atrahasis of the Akkadian Empire. Okay. And also the um, the Karsag epics of the Sumerians, because there are a lot of parallels in there, a lot of fl- things flying around and, and, and things that are really odd. And in the Karsag epics, it looks as though Nin Karsag, who was known to the Sumerians as, as the mother goddess, is doing DNA experiments. So these are other documents, ancient documents and ancient scriptures you might want to consult. That's just a suggestion, because I've done that, and I put it in my last book. So you might what find I'm that interesting. What I'm concentrating is now is how did these people the prophets, whoever it was, put this in these books. Yeah. Mental trans- yeah. Mentally, you know, how to, how come, why? All those simple questions, you know, I'm trying to get answers to them and put it all in one big thing. Well, and, as we, uh, well exactly. No, I think you're, you're on the same page as we are in the sense that we think many of these things uh, that have occurred in, human, in the human experience throughout history and prehistory, are interpreted in a very narrow manner and may have deeper explanations, such as, you know, ghosts and spirits of the dead. It might be something entirely different, and we think it is uh, uh-huh. nonetheless legitimate. So I think I, I can see certainly where you're coming from, and I'm sure Ben would agree. Oh, I, one more thing, Paul, before we run out of time. Sure. Uh, I'd like to ask the people out there if they um, um, take a look at the YouTube site, the G-R-E-G-G-H-71. Mm-hmm. And I'd appreciate any comments or suggestions they might have. Yeah, where can questions. people reach you? Uh, 
They can send me an email at heraldsmystery at AOL.com. Okay. Or they can go to my website and leave a message. Probably uh, the uh, it's easier to do it the um, uh, email. That's heraldsmystery, no spaces, at AOL.com. Sure. I check that all the time. Um, now, when they watch the, 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 um, the videos on YouTube, they can leave a comment next to the video they watch. There's a place for that, and I always get notification of that, and I'll be glad to get back with them and answer any questions. Okay, and very good. And on the other hand, if they have anything that resembles anything on there, I would really appreciate that, you know, being able to take a look at it. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to check. The, I'll send you the link to that that photo, the video that I mentioned. Uh, That's great. You know, okay. for the Facebook page and and uh, check that out. Let me know what you think. But okay, uh, sure. okay, Greg, it's it's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for appearing. And again, I respect your your common sense, feet on the ground attitude. We really like that. Okay, and, well, I appreciate. Uh, good yeah. luck in your work, and let's stay in touch. I will. Thank you very much. Okay, very good. All right, uh, I. Probably should have kept Greg as a co-host here for a minute because uh, we uh, probably don't have the time. I'm not going to even start it because it's an email, and we'll uh, save it for our next open line show. So anyway, uh, visit our show website at BehindTheParanormal.com. You can find nearly 600 free podcasts of past shows from both ON 1240 here and our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts. And that includes special interviews and podcasts that were not broadcast with people such as Stanton Friedman, uh, Mark D'Antonio, Catherine, I should say Kathleen Marden, our good friend who will be on next week, and also uh, Travis Walton of the famous um, uh, Fire in the Sky case. Find my books on Amazon.com, Amazon Kindle, and Barnes & Noble Nook, and all the usual suspects of that kind. Uh, but if you buy them directly at BehindTheParanormal.com, I'll be happy to sign them for you, and you will help us keep all those podcasts free. Also on our sites, you'll find direct links to some of the charities that I mentioned, including USACares.org, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, Youth, Youth Mentoring Connection in Los Angeles, doing amazing things for youth there. Now, next Monday, December 8th, right here on ON1240 and ONWorldwide.com, we will welcome back, as I just mentioned, UFO abduction researcher Kathleen Marden, who is uh, MUFON's director, a national director of uh, UFO abduction research, and uh, she will dispute the idea of accidental awareness, quote-unquote. That's now being put forward to explain abduction experiences. Uh, I won't be able to be here, but uh, co-hosting with Ben, uh, once again, will be astronomer Mark D'Antonio, again, one of the most sensible people I know. We, have, we leave you this evening with a, an insightful thought from that old darling Albert Einstein. The world is not dangerous because of those who do I'm going to start this again. The world is not dangerous because of those who do harm, but because of those who look at it without doing anything. You know, that's, that's a good one. Anyway, I'm Paul Eno. Uh, ben is not with us again tonight, but he sends you his greetings from afar. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. We will see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.